BFM 89.9. My name is Daryl Ong, and you're tuned in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Over last year, we saw an increasing number of harassment cases at the elite level of sports come to light. And although there are laws that govern this, none are tailored specifically to sports. Enter the Malaysian Safe Sport Act, which is an act backed by Youth and Sports Minister Faisal Azumu, who said that this act will serve as a guideline for stakeholders to combat sexual harassment and to ensure that there was a legal mechanism to protect those involved in sports. Starting at the elite level, the Act is looking to create a new standard of care regarding reporting, training, policies and procedures, as well as periodic safety system reviews affecting all youth-serving sports organisations across Malaysia. The bill is currently in its drafting stage and the ultimate goal is to get it through to Parliament before the end of this year. One that's spearheaded by former Commonwealth and SEA Games champion, gymnast Sarina Sundra Raja. She joins us on the program this week as she explains what the bill will entail. Um, thank you, Daryl, and thank you, BFM, for having me. Um, I'm really grateful for this opportunity to be able to uh, talk about Safe Spot uh, because um, this course is relatively very new in Malaysia, but it's a very important um, bill that um, we are hoping to table um, um, by end of this year. Mm. So basically, um, what the Malaysia Safe Sport Act is all about is um, because recently, many athletes have come forward with allegations of sexual harassment and abuse and uh, prevalence appears to be high in elite sport. So it has become clear that um, ending systemic uh, abuse in Malaysian sport would require a new entity mm. um, dedicated to this mission, um, authorized at the highest levels, um, and is fully able to improve our athlete safety from all angles. And I'm talking about from um, safety, empowerment, and welfare. So the Malaysia Safe Sport Act um, seeks to address the problem of sexual abuse of minors and uh, amateur athletes in sport. So this law uh, has been enacted in the U.S., uh, in 2017, and uh, it has been proven to be um, effective and already had a major impact on the amateur athlete safety since uh, 2017. So what this act will do is um, it will create a new standard of care um, regarding reporting, training, uh, policies and procedures, and periodic safety system reviews, mm. uh, which will affect um, all youth-serving organizations um, across Malaysia. And so this has the potential to affect um, not only national governing bodies, but also uh, impact grassroots clubs, public and private schools, uh, collegiate sports, country clubs, community organizations, and uh, sports facilities. Mm. Is there is that not a current safe sports law or mechanism that's in place right now? Um, um, currently in Malaysia, we don't have a specific law um, that expands this jurisdiction um, to the sports uh, landscape. Mm. So um, we don't have um, specific laws to mm. cater to this. And then right now, those laws are based on workplace laws. It's yes, correct. The right. Employment Act. Okay. And um, even with the Child Act and the uh, grooming law, um, that still is not sufficient um, for sports because um, in sports, we are talking uh, about a huge landscape. It, you know, it includes um, children as young as three years old, mm. athletes um, at grassroots and elite level, coaches and officials. So um, it's very specific 
Mm. So we don't have these laws in place to protect our young children and athletes in sports. Mm. So, okay. so, so diving deeper into the act, um, t- can you tell us more about the specifics about it? Okay, so the purpose of the law is to expand um, existing mandated reporting laws to all youth serving uh, sports organizations that participate in sporting activities. So passive attitudes, uh, non-intervention, uh, denial and or silence by people in positions of power and lack of action from bystanders are no longer legally and socially acceptable mm. because currently uh, one of the Um, biggest issue that we face is that no one is coming forward um, to report the suspicion uh, um, of abuse. So because of that, then we are not able to, um, how do I say, take action against these sexual predators. Mm. So by having this act, it also signals the importance of, you know, addressing the human rights and welfare of athletes in Malaysia. So, um, so with this act, uh, the, the main three effects, um, which is going to be uh, the increase in standard of care, that means um, organizations involved in youth sports, um, they are held to an increased standard of care regarding reporting, training policies and procedures and the safety system reviews. So anyone that is authorized to um, interact with uh, minors and athletes they will have to have this in place. Mm. And the second uh, effect is the expansion of mandatory reporting. So all staff and individuals authorized to interact with minor athletes are required to report uh, suspicions of abuse to the appropriate law enforcement agencies within 24 hours. Mm. And thirdly is the mandatory prevention training. So all uh, adult athletes and individuals authorized to interact with minor athletes are required to complete the safe sport training. And uh, every year there will be a refresher course, um, not only for athletes below 18, but adult athletes, um, coaches, officials, and even parents as well. So with this um, safe sport act, um, one of its primary focus is um, as to which it has exclusive jurisdiction is to uh, number one, review allegations of sexual misconduct um, and to impose temporary measures to uh, for most serious and urgent cases within 72 hours. Mm. Because um, most often, like when an athlete uh, comes forward and files a report, um, this athlete the next day will eventually have to face, you know, the, the, same coach. the coach yeah. or the official. Mm-hmm. So that, that uh, you know, can be a very traumatic experience for the athlete. Mm. And um, so with this temporary measure in place, then at least, you know, both the athlete and the coach or the official uh, can be protected and uh, also to impose sanctions up to a lifetime ban of a person from sports involvement uh, in all Olympic sports. Hmm. So one of the problems is that uh, currently uh, when someone files a report uh, about, you know, um, a coach or an official who is suspect, uh, suspected of, you know, um, abusing an athlete. And then when an investigation is being conducted, then this person, instead of, you know, having actions being taken, they just, you know, get transferred to another department hmm. or, you know, just asked to leave. But then this person ends up um, still within the sports uh, uh, ecosystem and starts coaching on their own. Hmm. So, and then this, um, secondly is um, to collate a central database of uh, disciplinary cases across all sporting disciplines. So parents, uh, when they send their children for um, sports activities, so they're able to access um, you know, a website that um, has all the names of um, you know, uh, individuals 
and the status of the investigation. Mm. So this means that we publish um, and so parents can see whether they are a potential risk to their children or not. And, and these records will be made public. Everyone can see. Yes. Okay. Uh, I want to bring you back to a point you brought up, you know, um, that, that certain inverted commas, the culture of silence, right? Athletes or parents that complain will find that they are really less, uh, in less favour with the system, almost like, you know, on the losing, losing end before you even start. So most athletes rather not voice, voice up at the end of the day, right? What are your thoughts on this? You know, have you come across any such cases? You know, Daryl, um, I understand this based on my experience um, being an athlete and now a coach as well, you know, running um, um, a club. Yep. So the culture of silencing, um, it's, um, it is instilled with grassroots athletes and uh, parents because um, athletes that are targeted into, I mean, are socialized into believing that they should endure this abuse in silence. Mm. And then while bystanders, including family members, believe they should not enter uh intervene so parents also fear of speaking up because of you know possible repercussions on their children and when children see these things happening from an early age at a club level mm. and this silence and obedience um, eventually becomes uh, normalized that's a shame but also another point to bring up you know like like you mentioned you know cases do get reported cases do get filed uh, however you know uh, in in the minority but after that, there's no clear direction, all right, of where this report should be channeled to, who should be processing it, who should be investigating it. Would you put this solely down to authorities or, you know, is it a lack of manpower uh, in this case? Um, in my opinion, it's just an inconsistent and uh, ineffective management of the system that leaves, you know, the athletes questioning the lack of credibility of the reporting mechanisms mm. because uh, most often, um, you know, the safety and security are seldom guaranteed um, when allegations of abuse of abuse are reported. Mm. And usually the power of action and follow-up um, never lies in the hands of the victim rather than, you know, uh, it is the abuser that manu uh, manipulates the system. Mm. So with this act, then uh, we will have, you know, legal accountability Mm, that's for sure. Uh, another major challenge I'm sure you, you came across, you know, is the limited data and the limited statistics, right, about sexual harassment and, and you know, basically a database of the offenders, like you were mentioning. In Malaysia, there's no uh, such thing, no systemic uh, record keeping, no way of getting information or reports made about uh, cases about sexual harassment, right? Was this one of the stumbling blocks to getting the Safe Spot Act into motion? Yes, it has been um, quite challenging the last few years trying to convince uh, people that you know that the Safe Spot Act is extremely uh, important and something that we should have um, to protect our athletes mm. uh, because existing research in the field has been uh, relatively limited and uh, it is um, a taboo subject yeah. um, to talk about sexual harassment and abuse um, in our public and um, most parents when they send their children for you know um, physical activity and sports they are not fully aware of um, their role and their responsibility as a parent to find out okay um, is my coach um, you know qualified mm. does my coach have you know any um, uh, criminal record mm. um, so all of these things um, I mean everyone has a role to play 
the coach, the parents, and the official. So what we, what I, uh, what we want to do is to conduct, you know, enough research in Malaysia mm. uh, to understand what is the uh, Malaysian athlete culture and climate survey, um, so that we can understand. Uh, what's the prevalence, the perception, and the surrounding factors related to sexual, physical, and emotional abuse mm. uh, among our athletes? Because to fully solve a problem, um, it is crucial to fully know the problem. So, quantitative and qualitative data outlining the abuse and the misconduct landscape can help, um, you know, spur stakeholders and policymakers to action um, in support of um, systemic athlete safety and culture improvements. That was former gymnast Sarina Sundararaja, who is spearheading the Malaysia Safe Sport Act. Of that conversation to come, so do stick around only here on Banan on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, my name is Daryl Ong and this is Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. This week we're talking about the proposed Malaysia Safe Sport Act, which is a bill that caters to athletes, providing them a new standard of care regarding reporting, training, policies and procedures when it comes to sexual harassment at the elite level. With this normally comes a culture of silence where many athletes still aren't aware of their rights to voice out or rather choose not to as doing so might result in getting dropped from the national team and unfairly be subject of ridicule from their peers. Safe sport advocate and former national gymnast Sarina Sundararaja who's spearheading this project joins us on the programme this week. Also, it is, you know, the parallel idea of, you know, a framework of conditioned obedience and respect, um, which is the inherent uh, practice and mindset of athletes in general, especially Asian uh, athletes. Um, here, you know, athletes are taught to listen but not speak, mm. uh, to be quiet and comply. And even if they do gain the confidence to speak up, they may not be taken seriously, mm. which leads to feeling betrayed um, either by a person, by the justice system, or by our society. Mm. And in most cases, athletes who speak of being abused are regularly condemned. Um, they are minimized, uh, mocked, or even shunned outright. Mm. So um, they just don't want to come out. Mm. Uh, give us a, a little bit of a picture, Sarina. You've been you know, working the scene for a long, long time now. You know, gender inequality and discrimination in sport is definitely still an ongoing battle, right? And your Safe Sport Act aims to combat that. But would you say that the situation has improved over the years or has it gotten worse? You know, we still have um, a long way to go, um, especially um, um, athletes, so, I mean, addressing complex so uh, social problems requires the implementation of public policies in support of positive social change efforts. So it's not just the political will, but also the public will. And um, athletes, um, they play such an important role. They have a huge platform um, that they, they, they should be able to use this platform to speak up for a cause mm. that is um, especially very important to protect um, athlete safety. I believe that, you know, um, finding a way forward will require leadership at every level mm. uh, of society, including mm. high-profile athletes. So um, 
here, athletes still have a long way to go in garnering a significant uh, voice in society. And uh, I believe, you know, having representation in the National Sports Association um, is very important because currently athletes, um, they don't have um, a say in how their sports associations are being run, mm. uh, if their safety, their welfare is being taken care of. Um, so athletes, they have, you know, a very important um, role to play in society in using that platform to speak up. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, to champion for, you know, social causes that um, um, will protect young children and athletes in sport. Mm. Speaking of decision makers, you know, it's no secret, Serena, that at the top, at least in most sports institutions, most sports associations, it's pretty much a male-dominated field, isn't it? Um, How does that trickle down and affect the grassroots athletes at the end of the day? You see, when we don't have um, enough representation, um, so if, um, like, for example, you know, female uh, representatives in the... a board of yep. directors and committees. Yep. So then, you know, the female um, issues and uh, will not be addressed. And therefore, you know, when we make um, decisions and uh, policy makings, um, it does not specifically address the needs um, that the female athletes are currently facing. Hmm. Um, and I also talk about, um, when we talk about contract as well, like uh, most of our athletes, um, they don't have access or legal representation um, to guide them, to let them know that, hey, you know, um, what, I mean, the terms that are stated in the contract um, does not favor um, their safety, their welfare, and, you know, mm. and their well-being. So these kind of things, um, I think, you know, to have improvements in uh, athlete safety and welfare protection um, to increase athlete representation um, on the board and also to increase transparency and accountability in our systems. Um, This um, is, you know, important reforms Mm. that uh, I hope that athletes can advocate for themselves and realize that their power is within themselves to um, demand a change. Mm. Um, you've, you've talked about you know the, the different guidelines and different policies, but I guess one major issue is the enforcement, right, of state policies. Um, why is this the case? You know, are, do you find that authorities are not taking reported cases seriously at the end of the day? The thing that prevents uh, what should be quickly um, impl- implementable solutions is yep. that the reality that leaders of the industry uh, will be embarrassed and uh, criminal actions will result. Um, And this is the point where we forget why we are here in the first place and we start to focus on personal implications. Mm. So although the Malaysian government and sports authorities have attempted in recent years Mm. um, to address abuse of athletes, um, child protection and athlete safeguarding uh, guidelines that apply to sports organizations today um, have been non-binding suggestions uh, with no clear mechanisms of um, ensuring compliance. Mm. Um, So these institutional gaps um, blunt Malaysia's response to and prevention of abuse in sport, um, resulting in inconsistent and inadequate systems for protecting athletes. Uh, what I mean by this is, um, you know, we have various um, sports agencies, 
uh, in Malaysia and every agency has their own mechanism mm. but none of them you know um, has um, legal binding accountability so there is no legal action that you know will make them um, say hey you know I have to report this because sometimes they tend to take um, you know matters into their own hands and they think okay this is the right way to handle the the case mm-hmm. and then um both the athlete and uh, the perpetrator is um how do i say um not uh, being taken care of fully mm. and and one of the policies that you've you've listed out is this this when this situation arises you got to report it in 70 72 hours right yes 72 hours um currently um but the thing is Uh, most people, okay, athletes, um, they don't know what is safe and unsafe touch or even uh, language because hmm. um, there is no comprehensive a code of conduct uh, for appropriate behaviors and language to engage with athletes that represent uh, best practices in sporting activities. Hmm. So athletes, they do not know what constitutes safety sure. security and abuse of self mm. um, from the physical mental and emotional points of view so if they don't understand and when they actually experience it of course sometimes you know it's a gut feel like okay uh, what my coach did or um, said or touch it's you know it just doesn't feel right mm. but you don't know whether it is you know uh, wrong and what kind of action can i take and where can i go yeah for sure that leads me very nicely to you know for the athletes themselves do you think that that should be more education in that sense to provide it to help them protect their interests you know make them recognize what's acceptable and what's non acceptable behavior in their coaches and trainers you talked about the syllabus would, we, would you and yourself coming be coming out with those education materials Yes, to have, uh, I mean, policies alone, um, they they do not um, make a change entirely because, you know, you need to educate the athletes, the parents, the coaches and the officials. Yeah. They need to understand, okay, um, what is right and wrong, um, you know, language and behavior. Yeah. And uh, so all of this um, education materials, uh, it's still work in progress. Uh, but what we are hoping to do is to uh, kick off the advocacy campaign for the Safe Sport Act um, to bring more awareness um, to the public, um, to inform them um, of the importance and the role that everyone plays in uh, making sure that their children and their athletes' uh, safety and welfare is um, protected. Great stuff. Um, how has you and how has your communications been with KBS so far? Are they helping push it through? Okay, so um, it's been a few years um, since the Safe Sport um, Act has been uh, enacted in the US and has been talked about, um, you know, in uh, all around the world, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so the pressure for action and change had been building for years I'm very grateful that um, the Minister of Youth and Sports, um, YB Faisal Azumu, is ready to meet the challenge. But the question is, um, are we ready? Because as I mentioned earlier, this is a complex social problems. So um, it is not just up to the the ministry, but it's also up to uh, all of us to ensure that uh, we empower ourselves with the education Um, to understand, okay, uh, what can we do um, to help 
um, our young children and athletes, um, you know, to get this act up. For sure. Um, what what can Malaysia learn from other countries or even, you know, uh, uh, international sporting bodies, the IOC, for example, that really have a you know, guideline for safe sport? What can Malaysia learn from them? So, in fact, the IOC, they have a very comprehensive um, safe sport guidelines that uh, every grassroots club's and National Sports Association, they can just, you know, pick and choose what applies um, to their respective sports Hmm. and their um, organization. So all of this information is actually made available on the website. Um, So it's very easy and accessible to to retrieve this information and uh, guidelines for us to use. Mm. But um, like I said, it's just that the awareness um, and the importance of um, implementing this sort of uh, policies in our organizations that is lacking. Mm. Lastly, Serena, what's the ultimate goal for the Safe Spot Act? Well, I am hoping that um, the public will come together and join hands to support um, this very important bill and uh, I'm hoping for this bill to be um, tabled in Parliament uh, by end of this year. That was former national gymnast Sarina Sundra Raja who is spearheading the proposed Malaysia Safe Spot Act. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's program. But if you'd like to revisit the interview, do head over to our website. The podcast will be up on www.bfm.my forward slash bar none. And if you'd like to get in touch with the program, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. My name's Dara Ong and this has been Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week when you're here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station.